<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? What's happening? This is a great app. I know I always say that. But you know what? It always is. OMG. Can we can we help that? It can just we, always is can a good help. Uh, a couple things to plug. We're doing a live You Made It Weird here mm. in Los Angeles. Val will obviously be there May 8th. That's a Sunday. I believe it's at 7 p.m. at the Peppermint Club in West Hollywood. Part of the Netflix is a joke festival. Hope to see you there on May 8th. Obviously means a lot when weirdos come out. Uh, that Largo show is tonight, so you're probably coming already. Nobody's going to make that decision right away. Mm-hmm. There, There's another live Largo show in May. I don't have the exact date, but if you go to Largo-LA.com, these shows are always the highlight of our month. Uh, big names, Bill Burr, Amy Schumer, John Mulaney, Sarah Silverman, Judd Apatow. These are just some people that have done it recently. And of course, I do a long set, do new material, have a lot of fun with the crowd. It's always, always, always fun. So go to Largo-LA.com for tickets and come to Pete Holmes living at Largo. What about Austin? And Austin, that's right, uh, April 23rd. So if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, that's tomorrow. I will be in Austin uh, for the Moon Tower Comedy Fest. I just found it. Just type in Pete Holmes Moon Tower into your uh, internet search engine and uh, you'll see the tickets right there. Hope you can be there. It's my only tour date. Uh, <laughs> so it'd be embarrassing if it's just me and and the sound guy. Hope you can be there. It's going to be a great show. Very, very excited for that. And please watch How We Roll. Uh, an episode just aired last night. You can watch them all on Paramount Plus, all four episodes that are out. Means a lot. I just found out we're not going to find out uh, about season two for another month or so. Oh. So please watch them all. Oh, wow. Watch. Tell your friends. Check it out as it airs on Thursday nights at 930. Means a lot because we really want a second season. I love, love, love this show and I love making it. Yeah. Uh, and if you like the show, try Pete's Pick. First and foremost is my cold plunge. I talk about the cold plunge in this episode with Robert. I talk about the cold plunge most episodes because without a doubt, it is the product that has changed my life the most and that I look forward to the most and that I make sure is a part of my morning routine the most. I absolutely, absolutely love my cold plunge. If you guys are into the Wim Hof method or are just looking for something healthy and vibrant and exciting to start your day off right, or so much more often for me, reboot your day. I can't tell you, yesterday I was having one of the worst days. Uh, Leela got up in the middle of the night, I was grumpy, I was tired, I was pinched, I was off, and I had to tape an episode of uh, James Corden. I was going to do James Corden that afternoon, and I just couldn't get off the wrong foot. I was behind the eight ball. I'm telling you, three minutes in the cold plunge, it's like you slept for nine hours. It is the biggest life hack I've uncovered. Uh, I don't even register it as cold anymore. I get in, obviously there's the exhilaration of the water, but after 30 seconds, it's peace. My mind is still sort of like a forced meditation. It brings you into your body. It's very embodying. It's wonderful for your metabolism. It's wonderful for your energy, for your mental clarity. But for me, like I said, it's like you slept for nine hours. You get out and you get a redo, a complete redo on the day. I've seen other 
Cold plunges, this is at thecoldplunge.com. The cold plunge that these guys make is incredible. The other ones that I've seen not only cost thousands of dollars more, but this one doesn't look like a coffin. <laughs> so many of them look like weird, like cattle troughs or coffins. They look scary. This one is a modern, sleek, and beautiful angular white bathtub. It is a nice accent to our yard. I, we keep it outside. It doesn't take up a lot of space, doesn't use a lot of energy. In fact, it only costs about a dollar a day to maintain. As you guys know, I'm six foot six and I fit in it quite easily. John, the man who designed it, he's also six six, so they made it with height in mind. Nothing is better for my health, my mood, my creativity, even my sleep. I've seen dramatic improvement since I've started plunging. Just two, three minutes every day. I, when we travel, I, I still take cold showers and stuff, but I miss it. If you know how great a cold shower feels and how much that can reboot and revitalize your day, a cold plunge, once you get that temperature even lower, it's a complete game change. And I always like to mention this too. I was talking to a friend about it and he loved that I mentioned that at the beginning, I was getting in at 60 degrees and I was shivering. But the next day I got in at 60, wasn't shivering. Then after a couple days of that, went down to 58, then went down to 50. Now I'm down to 39 and it is a pleasure to get in. I absolutely love it. It's the best part of my day. Noticeable improvement, even in just like I said, two sessions. And it's the perfect way to start your day, or I sometimes do it at night to help me wind down, clear my mind, and let your body solve what your mind can't. It's a wonderful, wonderful tool. So if you want a shortcut to a happier, healthier you, and show your support of this podcast, go to thecoldplunge.com and use promo code WEIRD for your discount. It's $150 off, and even it means so much to me. Show your support of this podcast. Also, our friends at Apollo talk about a product that I use every day that has absolutely helped me in every aspect of my life. The Apollo Neuro is a wearable tech that helps your body recover from stress. It can help you relax, sleep, focus, and be more productive. It's like a wearable hug for your nervous system. You've heard Val and I talk a lot about this. How does it do it? How does it convince your nervous system that you are being held? How does it help you get calm and get into a flow state or recover from something that was stressful or unwind at the end of the day? It uses touch therapy to help you feel safe and in control. What does that mean? I wear mine on the inside of my wrist. Val wears hers on her ankle, which is uh, even more subtle. I like wearing it on my wrist because I like talking about it, and I think it looks cool. The design is wonderful. The Apollo Neuro delivers gentle, soothing vibrations that train your nervous system to recover and rebalance after stress, which means it speaks to your body in the language that your body can understand. If you've ever like patted on yourself at a certain rhythm, and then you slow that rhythm down, you'll notice that that's like a good way to trick yourself into falling asleep, for example. That's what the Apollo is doing, but for lots and lots of different uh, uses. For example, it can be used to wake up in the morning. Energy and wake up is an incredible pre-workout setting. It's better than a shot of espresso and you don't have to get any chemicals involved. It just gets your heart beating and your blood flowing. Social and open is what I use it on when I'm doing this podcast or clear and focused. Both of those are wonderful to get into that 
open, gracious, thoughtful space where you have access to your brain, access to your uh, to your openness and your and your ability to to socialize. Rebuild and recover. This is the funny one. It's what I use after I get off the phone calling home. Sometimes that can be a little bit stressful. It's wonderful to have the fuse box to your nervous system. You open it up, you get on your phone, you activate your Apollo, and it starts melting that stress away. I can't even tell you how much we swear by it. Meditation and mindfulness, is it's helped me get a deeper meditation practice. The first time I tried it, I was like, is this thing meditating for me? Relax and unwind, I use for serious stress. Sometimes I use it when I'm traveling. I recently flew to New York. I had it on relax and unwind the whole time. I noticed that my neck was less tense, that I had less jet lag. It was incredible. And sleep and renew, I use to fall asleep at night. And even better, I use it if I wake up in the middle of the night, I push the Apollo. You don't have to go on your phone. You can push it on the Apollo itself. It reruns the last program that you did and helps me fall back asleep for those times when you wake up in the middle of the night and you need a little help getting back to bed. It's incredible trains your nervous system to cope with stress better over time. The more you use it, the better it works. Developed by my friend, Dr. David Ravine. I'm, I'm his friend because I loved his product and we got in touch. And a neuroscientist, board-certified psychiatrist. This is not woo-woo. These guys have been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years. And Apollo's effects on stress, sleep, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies. So this is real science. It really works. I absolutely love it. And you can get 10% off and share your support of this podcast by going to apolloneuro.com slash weird. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O dot com slash weird. Improve your life and show your support of the show, which as always means so, so much. Last but not least, speaking of Corden, I wore these jeans on Corden yesterday. That's how confident I am that they look good. They are my perfect jean. If they are the perfect gene and they are my perfect genes. As you guys know, I absolutely hate a hard pant. I don't understand why we're going around wearing clothes that are uncomfortable, that don't give, that don't stretch. Well, probably because they don't look good. Well, the perfect gene is here to fix that. They look great. I mean, TV great, late night show great, but they fit incredible and they're super soft and flexible and they look so good, no one needs to know. I couldn't pull off yoga pants. I couldn't pull off Lululemon, even though I thought I could. I'm not Sting, I'm not Phil Collins. But why are we trapping our bodies and restricting our privates like they owe us money? These are the best pants I've ever owned. I literally haven't taken them off since they arrived. I have them in gray. I have them in black. I have them in two shades of blue. They're premium stretch fabric, 2% spandex, 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and movement that your man parts require. The jean stretches so your nuts ain't crushed, thereby providing the only true home for your bone. They're super soft with a specialized washing so your jeans literally feel as soft as a baby's butt. You may even forget you're wearing pants. They're also incredibly, incredibly durable. Highest quality materials and sewing techniques. I can attest to that. I've had so many regular cotton jeans that rip if I wear them as much as I wear these guys. I haven't had to replace a single pair since and I've been uh, wearing them for many, many, many months. Best of all, they're not khakis. Fuck your khakis. What are you doing? Get get those khakis out of here. Wear perfect jeans, spare your nuts, 
and look good at the, at the same time. The perfect gene for the perfectly imperfect men, just 60 bucks when you use code WEIRDO at checkout. Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only perfect gene, whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honking eggplant. The perfect gene has you covered. Go to www.theperfectgene.nyc. That's the perfect gene, J-E-A-N, not genetics, gene, dot N-Y-C, and use code WEIRDO at checkout for 25% off, and do yourself a favor and get the most comfortable pants, and pretty much the only pants that I wear, the perfect gene. Thank you for your support of the show. All right, everybody, hope to see you in Austin this weekend. Hope to see you May 8th in Los Angeles for the live You Made It Weird, uh, Netflix is a joke festival. In the meantime, enjoy We Made It Weird number 83. Get into it. Say that. <laughs> Say that again. Because, like, I'm all about the real. I'm all about right. the real. And real talk. We started recording, and it's weird because I'm in a super, super good mood. In fact, before you say what you're going to say, I, I just don't want to forget to say this. I, I watched a YouTube.com video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know they have videos there? I went to YouTube.com. It's a wonderful website. You know, I do put... <laughs> you are fun. I never think of YouTube as, as a, a website. website. It is a web. That's why it I is. guess that's we're unpacking why it's sort of funny to say YouTube.com. <laughs> but uh, yeah, before it was an app, you just die, not dial up. Not dial up. No. Not like this. Not like this. What's That's, that? Uh, Twitch in the Matrix. Uh, oh. Before she gets unplugged. R.I.P. Twitch. Oh. She goes, not like this. She doesn't want to die like that? Well, don't. It, she's just a She's just a... Yeah, spoiler for the first Matrix. <laughs> well, I mean, no, 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 unplugged. I'm saying, I'm saying I am... I'm providing a spoiler for the first... People come here for the spoilers to the first, first Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. Uh Brody? 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 Yes, Brody's that is on the Brody. Brody. Um, I just want to say, I, I do put, I'm a little embarrassed, but you know I do, uh, I got to close this door. Yeah, go for what it. What is he barking at? <laughs> this is slam. Well, I do it with purpose. He's barking at. <laughs> like Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. I close doors like Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> uh, go ahead. He's, oh, he's just barking at. Any number of things yeah. he barks at. I would say in the world, he barks at 90% of the things in the world. <laughs> yep, that's right. Including us. Yeah. What a fun treat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We've actually, Brody had like a little infection in his eye and it, it actually, sort of like how I have such a soft spot for, for people eating, eating alone. Yeah. Uh, a dog with like one eye that's sort of closed. Oh, I know. I know. And I put coconut oil on it. And it works. Pro tip, coconut oil, guys. Yeah. You could go to the vet for some sticky, you knew it would be sticky, mm-hmm. like something sticky in a tube. Mm-hmm. How about just some coconut? He's licking it off. He's loving it. <laughs> Fixed him. He still has kind of like oily hair on the he top of his does. head. Yeah. And it. he looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> looks like an anime character. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what I was going to say was I do the, the gra- gratitude journaling. And sometimes if you're really looking at what you're actually grateful for, it can be kind of embarrassing or or at the very least not cool. mm Meaning, I put like Amazon. Like I, I know, I know. It's cute. But like, I know. It's first of all, it's a foregone conclusion, sort of. But and and two, I, I, I'm not familiar with their. I, I don't know if there's like a global impact footprint concern. Yeah. But 
There is. To quote, <laughs> to quote and, Michaela Watkins, we only use it when we want something right away. <laughs> <laughs> we we never use it except just what, like when we need something or want something like really re- like tomorrow. Yeah. Then then we use it, but it's never even no, more no like other when we would prefer to have it sooner rather than later. Yeah, we only use it when we would prefer to have it like right away, like maybe same day, and not even be charged. That's the only time we use it. But anyway, like that's embarrassing. Like every time I type Amazon, but I use it. Like what is this cognitive dissonance? Like we're at odds with ourselves. We're using and YouTube. Like mm-hmm. it seems silly to be grateful for YouTube. By the way, I didn't log into my YouTube and I just went to the homepage of YouTube.com and just saw like the videos they offer to everybody. And it's all like, I put lime juice in my urethra. And it's a picture of, no, not really, not like that extreme, but it's always like, you smelled what in that basement? (laughs) It's all like, it's all like a very primary colors. I spent six weeks only flossing. Like, like that's it. Not the dance. Wow. We're talking bleeding gums. Not the musician. Not talking about the Simpsons. (laughs) Anyway... There are like 30 threads. I know. I am grateful for YouTube.com. <laughs> and I'm not embarrassed. I'm here to take a stand. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Like, I also throw maps on there. Postmates. Look, I'm... Look, I think that's fine. But do you know what I'm talking about? That there's like a... You're a fucking dork. Like, I feel like a dork admitting that I'm like, what am I grateful for? Happy, healthy family. Mm-hmm. You too. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't, I know. it's not yeah. cool. It's not cool. It's not deep. It's not poetry. But yeah. like, these are the ABCs. These are the building blocks of, a, of an easy day. And when you're writing, is it five things that you're grateful for? How many do you write or just as many as you can think of? This morning it was 12. Whoa. I don't know why. I know that. So, I do know why I know that, but it's boring. So when you are doing that every single day, like you're going to, you know, you're going to run out of things and have to just think of some like, what makes my life a little bit easier? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And those of us that aren't gratitude journaling, I do recommend it. Four Minute Journal is a good app. Yeah. Not a sponsor. Just a thing. Have you noticed? I need to but go. Don't let me forget why I said YouTube, because I, I want to talk about that. That's like the number one thing, and then I wanted to talk no, about... No, talk about YouTube. No, go it's ahead. This is fine. Have no. you noticed what? Just have you really noticed like the practice of gratitude changing your day, your inner landscape? <sighs> so I almost interrupted you, and you were only asking just a beautiful, <laughs> generous question. <laughs> yeah, queen. and you interrupted to tell me something about YouTube. <laughs> Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. <laughs> uh, little taste of Blossom there. Um, <laughs> That's right. We're rewatching Blossom. And rewatching? Yes. I haven't seen Blossom. Not all of it. Well, I hadn't, haven't seen all of it either, but we've seen I it did, as kids. Blossom was on when TV was like a bird. You either <laughs> saw it or you didn't. Like a bird flew by <laughs> called Blossom. It's yeah. a 22-minute <laughs> family comedy yeah and if you didn't see it if you were like taking a shit (laughs) eating a sandwich went to bed early on a thursday yeah you missed it and so i missed a a lot of those blossom birds flew right on by and i wasn't allowed to watch it because it was too mature for me (laughs) well the the pilot is about her getting her period i know and then i i do remember there's like an episode 
I think later on about condoms or like she is starting to have sex or something. Definitely. In fact, if I was going to summarize Blossom as a show, I would say, well, a lot. (laughs) It's a family growing up in Los Angeles. The dad's Italian. The daughter's Jewish. Uh, His youngest son is from Brooklyn. Is like a Brooklyn Italian American. Muslim Baik. Jewish. I wasn't trying to be funny. It just seems like they all oh. seem like different ethnicities. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. You could say the dad's Jewish. She's a. T- it doesn't matter. I'm just saying. Like it seems like. And then for some reason, <laughs> Joey Lawrence is like a mechanic from <laughs> Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Take a look at it. He's no like, one else talks this way. He's like a pizza guy from a porno. <laughs> he's a pizza guy from a porno, and. Okay, I'm going to put a pin in my YouTube thing, and it's a pro tip. Everyone's going to want to hear it. It's changed my life already. I love it. And Mm -hmm. it's free, and it's easy. I love it. We went down a Joey Lawrence rabbit hole. We sure did. And he... You know, it's funny. There's a flavor, and I'm not even... I'm not being unkind yet. I might be unkind about Joey Lawrence in a couple minutes or like tease him, (laughs) but I'm not yet. Okay. Because I'm sensitive to the fact that child stars... Do turn out a similar way, mm-hmm. uh, meaning Corey Feldman. Remember when Corey Feldman mm-hmm. was on the Today Show and yeah. everybody made fun of him? Yeah. But jo- Joey Lawrence Sorry. is also making music, and there it, and and it's. I'm not saying it's similar, but it's sort of similar. It certainly gives you a similar feeling. Yes. It's very Michael Jackson. Yes. Both Corey and and like you're just seeing this sort of. And what was Michael Jackson about, amongst other things? I know. Mm-hmm. He was about like I never had a childhood. Mm-hmm. So there's this like unconscious like ah. he's our guy. He's the guy that represents show business and I never had a childhood and they forced me into this and then child stars end up growing up wanted to find themselves in some different way and they start making music that sounds a lot like Michael Jackson. It's like sometimes the shit is just so obvious. Yeah. It's it's it can be anything you want it to be. It can be heartbreaking or it could be just interesting or all the way to funny. But I also do get the sense that, and I guess this is a little bit of a tease. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I know. G- I get the sense that like that is true, but like on an unconscious level level for Joey Lawrence. Like I think if you were to ask him, even privately, he would just be like, I just love to sing. <laughs> Valerie, look. I don't mean to flatter myself, but as I was saying that, I was like, I could get a real woe out of Joey Lawrence if I told him this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could oh really, my God. like if I see the him at a party, ha- he would ha- he'd have no other recourse. He wouldn't want to do it. It's like when a French person has no better choice than to go, oh, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what? I have to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only sound that's appropriate here and joey would have to be like but it would be like a sad one whoa no it'd be like whoa oh i forgot how he did it yeah whoa because season whoa. one he's not yet doing his trademark. no but whoa. he is talking like that like he's like dad i can't do it either well what's funny is i thought it was great i'd watch that show that guy <laughs> show <laughs> You got me full Ricky Gervais laugh. That was crazy funny for me. Show. Show. Oh. Oh. There's a lot of them. Do not pass. Go. 
<laughs> oh my god, need love. Uh, anyway, I, I not to flatter myself, but I, I'm I'm not sure that's necessary. How can we know? Yeah, but okay. there's a flavor of like there's also like a, a way that they look, and he shaved his head, and it's just sometimes you just go like, what did we do? You know what I mean? Yeah. What did we do to these people? That's how I, I felt know. when I saw Corey Feldman. Also, by the way, I, like this is a topical show now, but when I watched that, I was like, I could totally see how you would put that on and be like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like I wasn't like. It was the earnestness that people were so freaked out. And that's the same thing with Joey Lawrence. If you go, I recommend you do, watch some of Joey Lawrence's new music. You pointed it out. You were like, he has to be Christian. Yeah. And then we put it together. I was like, yes, he is. In the same way that Scientology movies have a flavor, yeah. like that K- Katie Holmes and, oh, no, that was The Secret. But that also, remember, that, that they made like a... That sounds like a Scientology movie. Or like, there, do but you they, know... Like religious agenda movies uh, always uh, have that hallmark filter. Like, and they're um, like, we're uh, not... We're not... Kurt Cameron movies. Yes, exactly. It's like, relax, guys. We're just telling a story. Yeah. And then not... you're like, about a, about a carpenter from Jerusalem. And <laughs> you're just like, whoa, whoa. We're just like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> I love that I can't quite do it. I'm it's always like, of... whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the, the, maybe the only impression we've ever done where you, I can do it slightly better. You, I'm not saying lose the slightly. <laughs> My new like get up and go motivational book. Go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see it coming. Oh, I have um, two things. I want to talk about the Deny 100. That's a book I will never write, but I'll just summarize in one line. Okay, wait. Go ahead. YouTube, YouTube Deny, Deny 100, 100, and then this, and well. We're um, talking about how Kirk Cameron movies have a... Yeah, so like these Christian movies, and did you know that they're, and I'm not as familiar with this, I just had a friend who was Mormon, but there's also this whole library of Mormon movies. I might movies. have told you this. Mate, forgive I think my friend L told me. I know L, JK. <laughs> uh, I, one of the first places I played, like the first club I headlined was called Fat, Dumb and Happies, and it was in Provo, Utah. Mm-hmm. I love Utah um, because there's a lot of formerly religious people and religious people. Mm-hmm. And I love both of those groups. Mm-hmm. And they're fun to get together. <laughs> <laughs> but like, anyway, um, when I was in Provo, the guy that ran it was a Mormon movie star. Wow. And yeah, like, you did tell me that. You don't know this, but like, I'm famous yeah. in Utah. And, and it was true. We would walk around and people would be like, hey, there's that guy from... Like, they were all called, like, Slumber Night. You're the guy from Cabin Misadventure or something. Yeah. But, like, they have very, very wholesome names. She, no disrespect to my Latter-day Saints. She was telling me that they, ha- they like, have, they remake movies. So it's like, there's the Mormon Pride and Prejudice. There's the Mormon Brokeback Mountain, which is just two <laughs> cowboys kind of slowly climbing up a mountain. Cuts to black. Coming down a little bit more pep in the step. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little more jangle on those spurs as they've discovered their true selves. I, I'm on their side, obviously. I don't have to say that. But anytime you're in like, because there was a time when, bro, like you say, broke back when you're like, here we go. We're going to have some nice homophobic laughter. Yeah. It's not what I'm doing. No, I get it. Okay. Um, But yeah. And then I know there was like a Kurt Cameron movie about marriage that like my church was really into 
where he, it's like, they just can't seem to find each other and they're really unhappy in their marriage. And I think he decides, yeah, like he's praying or whatever. He talks to some old gray haired sage where you're like, is that the dad from (laughs) (laughs) son-in-law? Oh, you are a gift to everyone. It's like you do recognize him, but you're like, wait, is he Christian or is he desperate? Little little from column A. Yeah. But then he decides it, it is actually sweet. It's just, I have a little, distaste for it because I knew too many of these stories Mm. but like he decides like he has to be the one to act like he's in love with her like a fake it fake it till you make it fake it till you make it situation that's so funny I was just advising a friend and I was like I'm not telling you to fake it till you make it I'm saying actually try and find the part of you that that really does like this person and I do agree with the idea that like when you're when you get into and I have friends that are in or have been in marriages like this where you get into like a standoff mm. where you're like you hurt me so bad that I can't even fathom doing something nice for you because mm. you, you there's such a uh, backlog of wounding that like you need to make it up to me and then the other person feels exactly the same way. This is why we need parent traps. So- <laughs> <laughs> you mean like we need twins, our twins to bring us together? Yeah. I think the the, the backbone. Just, yeah. <laughs> the backbone of that movie is there's so many. I was I was thinking about, uh, I don't know why, but the the Will Smith, Chris Rock moment. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so many. You know why? Because I was thinking about all the funny things Chris might have said. Oh, I know yeah. I'm still thinking about I'm that. I'm sure he is too. I'm sure he has them. He certainly yeah. doesn't need my help. But I was singing the lyrics to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, as I do. Uh-huh. And I was like, I wonder if Chris could have said, <laughs> he got in one little fight and his mom got scared. <laughs> like, would that have been funny? <laughs> I think so. I still stand by my choice of I'm just glad this isn't the year he was nominated for Ali. Yeah. I still think, I think that's, that's the funniest perfect. one. Yeah, that's the best one. Um also but also to my point, uh not funny. And I actually think what what he did uh was was great. Why did why did I bring this up? You mentioned Um wait, we can find it. We can find it. We're talking about Kirk Cameron, we're, we're talking, talking about, about marriage, the, fake it till oh, you make it. Yeah. Uh you were telling a friend. Well, just that you get in the, the standoff. Yes. So my point, oh, my fantasy then di- like digressed into Chris. What if Chris went hyper earnest and was oh. like, Will, and now Will's on tilt, as we say, in, in the, I'm in the poker world. I'm just yeah. saying he's hot. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not even saying this for public consumption. I'm saying this is what I thought. Certainly I am. But like, it's not what I thought. In the, It was just a thought in the shower. I was like, could he have been like... Will, I under you're like you're really piping hot. Yeah. But is it possible just in this moment, instead of doubling down? Because yeah. I know you feel like you have to double down. Yeah. Because you just did this thing. Yeah. And now you're in fight flight. Huh. You're in fight. Yeah. And it's so hard. But imagine if you could just like not go to commercial and go, no. Right now. That was my fantasy. Yeah. That's how uncomfortable i am with with conflict yeah and and certainly physical but any type of conflict and my fantasy to this day is is it would save a lot of people it it would have been a beautiful thing for all parties is what i'm saying Mm. it's not like just one side or the other but if and and 
could you? You you see that in my interest of, of, of spiritual things, it's like, is it possible to feel a thing and then kind of step to the side of that thing and not just act on our impulses? Like we talk about this on our on the show all the time. Yeah. I so clearly it was that. I think it is. Well, first of all, I think you probably had this too. When I was a kid, I, I there were just, a, you know, like it was, it didn't last that long, but there was just like a bullying phase and I remember there was a you couple bullied? times, where, yeah, where I was just bullying. No, no. I thought that's maybe what you meant. No, I did say it that way, where I was just getting bullied a little bit. And like there were... Do you have remember their names? There were... <laughs> Brett Goldstein, do you have their names and addresses, love? Because <laughs> I would love to um, bring them a drink. I make a great Molotov cocktail. <laughs> and I just love to watch them burn. Oh... Thanks, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go on. Anyway, and I just remember like there being like one or two times where it was like, Jessica says she's going to fight you at the end of school or whatever. And I was like, I think if I could just talk to her. You're me. This is one of, I actually think there's four golden bars that make you and I 100% like you're locking a (laughs) bank safe and all four golden bars lock the love in. Okay. You turn a big wheel. It can't be gold. That's a soft metal. But you know what I'm saying? It's like the love is locked in. And one of those bars, I don't know what all four are, Mm -hmm. but one of them is exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Is... Some folks just have that like need, mm-hmm. almost a compulsion or like just like a desperate desire for reconciliation. And yeah. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but like my friend Ivan, I've t- I told you about Ivan Poon before because uh-huh. unfortunately it's a funny name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even beside the fact that the double meaning, I'm just like Ivan Poon is just like, I'd love to put it in a movie. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I had so many great names in high school. Ivan was going to get be in a fight with Trevor, Trevor Clement. Hmm. By the way, Clement, Clemency, act like your name. Yeah. Forgiveness. Right. Yeah. Clemency. Your ancestors got that name because for they, a reason. Right. Yeah. And I actually don't think this fight happened. Uh. But all day, because I knew there was a there was beef just like you. Mm. And I'm like, how are you keeping it hot? All day. Like, you. Yeah. that's what yeah. really the fight is. The toadies yeah. that are going like, you got a pandian, boss. You got a pandian <laughs> real good. Toadies from the 30s. Yeah. But... Yes, from the movie The Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah. The Christmas Story. Wearing their little uh, pizza delivery. No, newspaper delivery. Extra, extra hats. And they're... Those yeah. are the fuckers. Yeah. And if you replace that toady with a swanee. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like a sweet swan and just go like. That's what the Chris Rock thing was like. What is it possible whenever there's like feelings like that? Like you keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. So I think it's the hardest thing ever because just neurologically you're the way I've heard it described is, you know, obviously you're in fight or flight and Will was in fight and definitely Chris Rock was also in maybe freeze or flight. <laughs> like, I just got to get the hell out of here. He looked, yeah. But he was, he, his, uh, his lizard brain was also completely ignited. So when that happens, you're, it's something like your frontal lobe, like the part, it's like your amygdala where that gets triggered is under 
the top part of your brain. That's right. And it's I was just talking to Science Mike about this you because you flip your lid. You flip your lid. You lose the the higher parts of your brain. And by yeah. the way, this happens to all of us all the time. Watch me driving in Los Angeles yeah. for more examples of yeah. this. Yeah. So I think that there's that's like the hardest time to in that and maybe even impossible in the moment that that is ignited that's, yes. to be able to engage in like language and frontal lobe mm-hmm. big picture thinking you know and so even if he was able to will smith wouldn't have been able to like that it's just not possible right the best you can do is is as soon as you can recognize, recognize that, that that's happening. what's happening and, and be go like, like, this isn't the time for talking exactly. or anything. This isn't the time for negotiation exactly. or, or, yeah. or what I, my fantasy really, it just goes back to like us as children, just wanting clemency, just wanting peace. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I still, that's my Jason Bourne-ness is I'm always just like, how do we like cool things out? We've made this point many times, but that's sort of what I feel like I do as a comedian is I'm like, yeah. let's get this whole room happy. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like nice to take that exaggerated desire and turn it into a job. Yeah. But like, I would say there, I'm not the only one that there's a lot of comedians that are like, I got into this because I would like to do what I couldn't do as a kid, which yeah. is like control yeah. reality yeah. In, in, in a positive way. Yes, absolutely. And that's part of why I don't love Andy Kaufman. I, I, I respect Andy Kaufman. Yeah. But the guys that are like, I'm going to use it to create chaos. Mm-hmm. And that's the entertainment. It's so the opposite I'm always of like, what? oh, yeah. what are you like? You're like a poor ice water over someone in the shower person. That that that's just not the house I grew up in. If I yeah. t- like, I'm not saying my dad would have attacked me. I'm just saying we we weren't there as a group. Yeah, we weren't like pranking each. I know. <laughs> we did that. We did the cold water you in the shower, did? and we would hide around corners and jump out at each other. I um, just told this story. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just was gonna say it's very possible that. Your Andy Kaufmans and the like also grew up in chaotic houses and they're just whatever their personalities mixed with their wounds, their reaction to it was, I'll control the chaos. I'll That's lean right. into the chaos. Same exact thing, just different strategy. Yeah. I, went, I went John F. Kennedy and he went Tim Timothy Leary. Yeah, basically. exactly. It's like, I'm like, no, pretend to be like them and wear a suit and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take this uh, family dinner. We're going to go into the uh, White House and continue it there yeah. where there will be waiters and <laughs> it will make it weird for you to behave this way. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, JFK's here. <laughs> <laughs> You are the queen. <laughs> you just made me think so many things. I'm laughing so loud. I also have so many things too. So what are we going to do? <laughs> well, let me just do that. This is the only one that I'm like, I have to get it out. Yeah. And I really, I've been like in a, a funky monkey lately. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it on the show. It's one of the great things about doing this weekly is that you you don't just see performative Pete or, mm. or, or Val, you don't really have that problem, but like, I can't keep snow over my dog shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> that was really that funny. That's really great. <laughs> that was really, that just, it just came instantly out. melts from the steam of the shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, long COVID. Um, dear long COVID. It seems like, I don't know why it sounds like something room. Okay. Look, look, okay. This, so I've been trying to pull my, my nose out. Of mm. this of this chunky funky. Obviously, some of the things I do, exercise is 
truly wonderful, mm-hmm. as we've talked about many, many times, just walking a little bit, going for a walk. Uh, cold plunge, obviously, the coldplunge.com. Weird. Um, <laughs> but this was a new one, and it's even simpler, and it seems so profound. And I got it on YouTube, so it's a monk, and, he, and it, the video is such a snooze. It takes so long to get to the good point good part but here are the tips that this monk gives for sleep one uh everyone's heard this one before go to sleep at the same time if you can two everyone's heard this one before uh don't use your bedroom as a dining room as a kitchen as a living room like don't watch tv which was a kind of a synchronicity because my mom just told me she put a huge flat screen in her bedroom and i'm like mom i'm pretty sure you're not supposed to fall asleep watching tv and when you're in your 80s, you can just be like, eh. You yeah, know what I mean? like, I, for sure. That's what I said, too. I was like, look, if it's working. Yeah, when I'm in my 80s, I will definitely have a TV in my room. Because I'll be to long when... dead. <laughs> yes. And I long used dead. to. <laughs> no. Recently. No, Recently. No, 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 no. Of long COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you are a Ginsu knife. You're whatever Emerald uses to slice up garlic <laughs> Ooh. Um, but I loved having a TV in my room I did from like age probably 10 until I moved in with you <laughs> that is so, hilarious so, no, I, so I guess the I tip can... is well heard yeah uh, but here's the best one and I've been doing it this was the third night and I, I really really noticed he's like they have this term which is go to sleep in a sea of merit mm-hmm and I was, and what does and that mean? I was mean? like, who, who's Merit? Who's Merit? <laughs> and how do I find so many Merits? <laughs> yeah, I've never even known one Merit. <laughs> so it means when you're falling asleep at night, real simple, think of everything you did right. Everything mm. that you did well, everything that was kind, everything that was loving. He just says it. He's like, just list all your good deeds. Mm. And dude... I, I would have said, if you asked me at night, did you do any good deeds today? I would say no. I'd, mm-hmm. I, I'd be like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. When you play it back as you're falling asleep, you're like, it, it might be little things. We went to uh, lunch yesterday and I remember like leaving a, a big tip. Mm-hmm. And that's, I like, I'm a big tipping person. Like I was a waiter. I think all people that wait tables tend to be generous tippers because they know what it's like. But I was like, Peter, I know that doesn't seem like a good deed, but that's a good deed. You you yeah. you help this person. You called that friend who was going through that hard time, and you and you listened to them, and you were there for them. Mm-hmm. These things. So the whole point of all of this, and he's right, is if you pull like a blanket of light up over your body as mm-hmm. you're falling asleep, not your what you have to do, and not what you're, what are you going to say if this happens or that, or what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst thing you could do. Just just two, three, four, five things. He was like, if you don't have any, that's a good sign you have to do more good deeds, which is an, a good challenge. Mm-hmm. And and I started feeling that way. Mm. Remember, you were like, a friend of mine needs a ride to the hospital. And I was like, well, that's another thing for you to think about tonight. Mm-hmm. You wake up mm-hmm. in the same frequency that you fell asleep. Mm. And if you fall asleep, like worried or anxious or this, that, worried, you wake up that way. And it just, mm-hmm. it's been sucking. And I've noticed specifically that my morning feeling, MF, has just been <laughs> off. Like mm. I, I wake up and I'm just, I'm kind of like this again. Yeah. And our life is fucking great. So I'm like, yeah. what is, what is, meaning I'm talking about Leela is running around. Why do I have this like 
it almost feels chiropractic calcification of my spine. Why, mm. why am I blocked? Mm-hmm. And this has been really, really, really helping. Yeah. Oh, I'm sea so of glad. Merit. Sea of Merit. Give it a try. Um, now, what were you thinking? I love so that. Sorry. Unless you want to talk about Sea of Merit. Oh, no, but I... No, def- that's a snooze. No, I'm done with that one. Um, I feel like there was something more about the... F- oh, okay. Yes. So the wanting the peace, like wanting to keep the peace and why you got into comedy to control oh, yeah, yeah, rooms yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, it just made me think of my my wonderful therapist this week We uh, during our session. We started talking about how basically... How like for me the worst thing imaginable is is hurting someone else, mm. like and that sounds so righteous, but virtue re- signal. But what I really <laughs> well true, but no. what I really mean is the- if I it comes back to me because like if I've hurt somebody they might not like me. And if even just one person doesn't like me, then my whole worth, self-worth just like crumbles. Yeah. So it, it is like a selfish thing or, or a um, self-preserving <clears throat> at thing. It can so, also, uh, underneath that predominant feeling of I need people to like me, there might be a feeling of like, I care about how people feel. Sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that's swirled in there TV for dinner, sure too. Compartmentalization of feelings. Yeah, absolutely. That like warm pudding that has the, you put the sprinkles in. Oh, no, I never had a TV dinner or a TV in my room because I'm from Lexington, Massachusetts. (laughs) And we, and I'm trying, we we weren't classy, but we had a few things. You were were snobby, 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 and you at least wanted it it to look like you guys like had it together. (laughs) That's actually pretty chilling (laughs) (laughs) no no i mean because i'm like how much to your point how much of my life isn't what is actually happening it's what it looks like is happening yeah and i think we can all yeah probably relate to that we had that too just in the like christian element like there there i remember one time my when i was dating my first husband so i was 17 or something he there was some reason why he needed to stay over and that like no is not allowed that doesn't happen Mm. but he oh no no no! i don't even think he stayed over he needed to leave his car at our house and it would look like he was staying exactly and so they made him park it down the street because if anybody saw and i bet he understood immediately oh yeah yeah Although wow. he was always kind of cool and punk and like challenged authority. So he, I'm sure. Oh, he's like. He was like, he did the, the stupid. Two, he didn't give them the finger. He gave them the two, two fingers, the reverse peace sign. That's what punks would do. <laughs> really? Because it's British. Oh. It's like a British way of flipping somebody off, I believe. Oh, that's fun. And sometimes we'd accompany it with. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded really like me that. of when I. One of the it, this is this is some this this is some real talk is like do and I had to ask it I'm very happy to say more as a young man than a, as as a 43 year old man mm-hmm. but you go it's a chilling thing the first time you go like do you feel bad or do you just feel guilty that you were caught like mm-hmm. like have you ever done that like let's say you cheated on a test mm-hmm. and then you get caught and now you're dealing with corporate shame meaning a group 
like the class, the teacher, your family. There's a lot of shame. Yeah. But if you had gotten away with it, yeah, you never would have thought. Of, I, I, that's not me, by the way. If I cheated on a test, it would be like Edgar Allan Poe, Ted, Ted, Ted Talk Heart. <laughs> What just happened? It's like oh, the telltale heart. The dead There's talker. a heart underneath the floorboards that's beating. And it's like, let me tell you three ways I optimize my life <laughs> just by being outside more. Oh, my God. It's the Is modern TED talk? version. Yeah. Is there a TED Talk under your floorboards? TED Talk heart. Um, quoth. Whoa. Quoth the, Whoa. Quoth the Lawrence. Quoth. <laughs> Very good. Uh, anyway, here's... I forget what I was saying. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know because I'm also trying to remember what I was saying. Go. (laughs) Um, But what was I saying? Oh, so I I have to, I can't hurt other people. And then like my therapist very lovingly was like, I I hate to tell you this, but in your lifetime, you will cause harm to others. And it's not about that. It's about the repair. And I know I told you this, but like, it's been really sitting with me because it it makes me kind of wonder, like, I don't really feel this way, but I have been wondering, like, should we, meaning you and I be better at fighting (laughs) because we're not fighters. And I wonder if like the health, Mm. like really what I'm thinking, let's take you and me out of it. Really what I'm thinking is, what is the healthiest way to have a family and a household? Is it a family that never fights? Because that's definitely what I always thought it was and what I still, how I still kind of, yeah. you know, Clearly live. Both, well, yes, we, the, the gold bar of our safe. Both of us were like, let's not, let's not fight. Yeah. Uh, or is it a family that can fight and then can repair and it's not well, as think- big of a deal when they like have moments of talking to each other a little bit bluntly. Absolutely. And and we've we both talked about this sometimes with Lila. We'll be like, Lee. Yeah. And then we we actually we feel, feel bad, really bad that we're like, oh, I, I got to my exasperated tone. We but sound sh- like such candy asses I right know now. We are. But then you said, no, it's good. She can hear a frustrated tone and know that it doesn't change anything fundamental. It's just a moment of frustration. And I think she does, because she doesn't have the baggage that we have where that's really scary. Yeah. When your dad says, like, sounds frustrated to us, that's like thunder just went off. Oh, whoa. You're really clamming up my butthole today. (laughs) Is that a good thing? No, clammy. uh, Clammy clam. (laughs) It's okay. Okay. But, But, I mean, for me, too... Am I like sharing too much of your family what? stuff? No, I don't, no, no. I, I, just meant I guess I don't tense. know what clamming up my butthole is. It just tense. Like oh, you okay. tensed it up. Like cl- shut like a clam, not wet like a hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, sorry, I clearer. We rap battling. No, when you tense, uh, I'm just saying what a beautiful but haunting sure, thing is yeah. that like an exasperated tone in our house wasn't safe yeah and in our house it is safe and for us yeah for her it is so she doesn't have the baggage of it so she doesn't even really mind when we're like lee i'm gonna i'm gonna but i do think we're good and i think the safer and longer we are together and and impossibly safer impossibly more intimate yeah we experiment yeah and one like we, we were watching i hope this doesn't embarrass me too much but we were watching the abercrombie and fitch documentary Mm. uh which is good it's on netflix 
And there and Abercrombie and Fitch. It's not a spoiler. Was an incredibly white company. It turns out that they were had prejudice practices. Yeah. And I don't have to say this, but I'm going to say it because I just don't want to think about this later and be like, I hope I was clear. Fuck them. That's fucked up. They, yeah. they had rules like no dreadlocks and, and uh, some of their black Asian employees, whatever it might be, got the like night shifts, got the cleanup shifts yeah. because they had an aesthetic and that aesthetic included race, which is fucking wrong. Full stop. Yeah. So we're watching it. Mm-hmm. And I was stoned. <laughs> and there are these heroes in the movie that sued Abercrombie. Yeah. The, uh, these are non-white these are people of color, people yeah. of color that sued. And of course, I'm with them. And then as we're brushing our teeth, I said, you know, it's so funny how close I felt to those people, but they were still Abercrombie people. Yeah. Like they, meaning, I know they're uh, they're right in, in the terms of the legality and the racism and all of that. Yeah. But I was like, chances are they were probably kind of like, I'm thinking they're just pretty girls. So they were probably mean to me mm-hmm. in high school, mm-hmm. like the Abercrombie girls were. Mm-hmm. So I know that they were not, they were people of color. Yeah. But they were probably still not my kind of people. But I was like, isn't it funny? As soon as there's that issue, you just immediately side on them and you're rooting on them in this documentary. Mm-hmm. But I, I was trying to introduce the idea that they that they might not have been my favorite people in high school uh-huh. just because they were Abercrombie people. Yes. And in that, I did not articulate it that well. That's mm-hmm. the whole spread mm-hmm. laid out clearly. But I'm just kind of like, well, they were probably fucking bitches too or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you... And, and and it's usually things like that. Mm-hmm. You help me with like, and I mean this so sincerely. Uh, we were talking about, well, you get it. I'm just saying that example. Yeah. Where you were like, I think you said something like, why do you always take the side <laughs> of like the, marginal, the white corporate I mean, yeah. of like the I mean, white corporation? Like you, yeah, because yeah. I wasn't as clear as I just was. Yes. And yeah. it just sounded like I was like. Yeah, they seem great, but they were still probably fucking dicks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, why do you do this? And that that why do you do this mm-hmm. is progress to me. Yeah. And and it's happened before where, boy, it's hard to talk about these things. But there there was some uh, some gender issue or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it was it was whether or not uh, th- what what does it mean when you raise a child. And the child doesn't know it's gender, but you tell other people, oh, yes, this yeah. is a non binary child. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I 100% understand mm-hmm. why that is beautiful and wonderful and, and, and great, and probably exactly where we're all headed. Mm-hmm. I am a little bit older, and I was like, I have such a specialness issue yeah. that I, I was kind of representing the side that, like, all I wanted to do as a kid was fit in, mm-hmm. remember? Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I don't know if I want someone telling me that I'm special. I want to tell you I'm special. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, or, or, or different, I guess, would be another way to say special. And you were like, uh, but this is, you, you just extolled the virtues of that decision in a very clear way. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel like a, certainly an argument, yeah. but it had that heat that yeah. even while we, other people were with us, while we were doing it, I was like, look at us. <laughs> we're doing like, it. Like, you're not just doing what fucking kills relationships yeah. and reality, yeah. which is just kind of filing it away. Pete's, Pete's, well, I don't know how you'd say that. Pete's old fashioned or Pete's not progressive enough or what, yeah. which I am, by the way. Yes, I, I, I just have to clear my throat one last time. Of course, I understand that. And I think it's beautiful and I support it. Yeah. And of course, I'm on the, on the side in the documentary. I couldn't have been more clear about that. But sometimes I will have a, a zesty conversation. Yeah. And every time we do, I go, 
This, this is, is great. Good. I love yeah, this. you're right. We are getting good at that. And also to your sea of merit, uh, you almost oh. always end those conversations being like, Wow, you helped me so much. I would say <laughs> so sweet. I would say it's almost a hundred percent. I would time. say so too. I would, yeah. But, I, yep. I, and I think that's why I now feel safe to do that is because I know it's actually being heard. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So for every therapist that's like, you should tell your parents this, this, or this, mm-hmm. and you've made this point many times. There's there's value in speaking your truth while people are still around. Tell them that that hurt your feelings. I or haven't this made or this that or this. point. That's no, no, my no. Point. My therapist would say that. Yeah. And I've heard other therapists tell other friends, like, you got to say that. And I'm like, you said something that changed my life. Mm. And it's something that Jennifer, your therapist said to you mm. was like, look, I, it's not a, it's not bailing on the issue. Cause I'm sure there's a time to be brave and be like, I need to tell you this. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And then there's like, I just don't think it's possible that what I'm saying would be heard in a way. So all that would happen Mm -hmm. and it's too much for me to risk. Mm -hmm. And really that's just very honest. Mm -hmm. It's just too much for me to risk to give that, that precious fragile statement, whatever it may be to some, somebody or, or people that just, you said it like a look or a way that they process it or the way that they throw it back at you, which yeah. by the way has happened to me. Yeah, me I too. I read a text that I sent my dad on this podcast and I was so proud that I stood up for myself. Months later, there was an argument and he referenced it. And I was like, mm. I'm not, I'm done. I'm yeah. done giving anything yeah. into this machine yeah. that doesn't seem to work well unless we just kind of keep it simple. Yeah. Right. I, I know that sounds like, as I'm saying it, I'm like, maybe it sounds like cowardice or something. I don't think but say so. But what, say what Jennifer said about well, it. Well, what I was going to say is, I think that you, yeah, and Jennifer said, especially when you're dealing with parents, you, we have learned, like, it was one of the first things we learned was how to interpret even the subtlest facial expression or sigh or posture, the su- like the you're subtlest detail yep. of our parents. Yep. And to know if that was approval or disapproval or what, you know, like even tone. So um, when it comes, and then this is a little bit of my taking the spirit of that and and thinking on it a lot. But I, when it comes, especially when it comes to parents, um, your child self is really ignited, is really awake within you. Mm-hmm. But even when it comes to partners, sometimes your child self is really ignited. And when that happens, let me just put it back on parents. Your first responsibility is to your child self, not to them. So your ch- it's it's about making your child self feel safe. To, to, for me, that's the priority. It's not about making the adult self be bold and speak their truth. Only doing that only mm. if it if you're advocating for your child self and that will be productive. But if if you're putting yourself in a situation where your child self is reaching for the parent and the parent is not going to be capable of it's reaching back. It's hard to back, restore for milk. Yes. It's real it can be really re-traumatizing at worst or just very uh hurtful at best. I one of my core values is being heard 
and hearing like hearing other people for sure yeah. I, I like with you and Leela in particular and also being heard and recognized right yeah uh and in a real way yeah. not in a fake way and like it's just too much to risk sometimes to just be like yeah look this is for me and I'm like I don't know if I can do it for me also I'm like this is for me and now I'm gonna put a micro square grid over every inch of that person's body and read and memorize their response yeah why, why did i walk into the grid room yeah right I, look i don't mean to advocate like so just let bygones be bygones i'm just like look i vent it to lots of people yes and then i don't know what the value i i'm not convinced unless because man i see other families and i see movies too it's a lot of movies but even when I met your family, you're like, you know, we have our stuff. And then I sat down with them and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Meaning, who are these wonderful people? Yeah. Sitting, talking about shit our dreams. about me, talking about their <laughs> dreams. Yeah, literally just what they dreamt about. And everyone's kind of giving the conch to that person now. Now, Derek, what did that make you think of? And I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> yeah. The best yeah. I had was splitting off with one person my mom mm. my brother and sometimes my dad too and having like a quiet whispery alliance maybe yeah if the mood is perfect and we're both exactly in that space yeah but there were no meals where we're like and what are you reading like get the <laughs> fuck yeah i can't sorry for the jump cut i had to go to the uh, restroom yes the restroom the powder room that sounds like we're lying and it's true it, <laughs> it really sounds is like we, true we, oh no i said something i shouldn't have that nope no, I just, I, I had, just go bathroom. That I had to go to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom, and I was like, that might have been a little too private. Yeah. <laughs> the cutesy wootsy talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, oh, can I say the deny 100 thing? Uh huh. So, you know, it's interesting. Today, I feel, I really think it has a lot to do with uh, sleeping in a sea of merit. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> also, probably just like getting the right amount of sleep for mm-hmm. once. Uh, which was really nice. I say for once just because with a, a baby, it's always hard. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is going on? Why am I being so uh, pop-ups? <laughs> so many pop-ups. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm in a really good place. And today I'm just sort of like, do anything. You can do anything. Yeah. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. Look at Instagram. Who cares? Like, yeah. everything just feels great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've been getting so much a lot of value out of every hour trying to deny 10 impulses. Oh yeah. Did I I talk about this already? I think you did on Uh, the podcast. Well, that's what I meant. So in a day, you might deny a hundred things. So it's like deny 100. It's like a lot of things to deny. (laughs) Not if you really, what I love about it is it makes you really pay attention. And we did talk about it because I'm remembering what you talked about. Mm. Like you lay in bed and you don't get up until you recognize the impulse and all that. Yeah. But like part of why I've been feeling really clear today is I had a few, like we went to lunch because we had a podcast uh, cancel. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I'm just not going to look at my phone while I would have been doing the podcast. It was really liberating to be like, well, I would have been doing the podcast. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, I wouldn't have gotten any message. So like, I'm just going to manufacture that time. Mm. But then you realize 
You can do that for anything. Mm -hmm. I could have been in a movie. I could have been on an airplane. Like, mm -hmm. why not just give yourself the gift of that reprieve? Mm -hmm. And it made me like, obviously, I don't have to go into why it makes us feel better to not touch the magical device that links us to every possible human feeling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real Pandora's box, that thing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's all. The, when I said I, I want to write a book called The Deny 100, it's just about like, the lesser explored pleasure of denying what your, who knows even what part of you it is that's saying do that. It might not be on your side. Yeah. And, and when you start practicing saying no, even things that might be completely innocuous or mm -hmm. even maybe bordering on good. Mm -hmm. uh, like I might go like, I could use a green juice. Okay. You could say that's good, mm -hmm. but it's also just like the endless treadmill of like, it's something, it's something, it's something. And you just go, no. Yeah. No. And you can even pick them arbitrarily. Just be like, no, yeah, I'm not going to do that. You can do it later. Yeah. And it's like, what is so bad about letting emails pile up just a little bit? Yeah. It's what I always want to say to anyone I see texting. I'm just like, you know, you don't work for that person. Like, yeah. you don't have to. I'm not. It sounds like I'm saying this to you. I'm not. I'm terrible at replying to texts. There you go. <laughs> I'm already doing this. So... The, uh, the, 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 the deny 100. I love that. And there is like a thing about, you know, I think you and I had the rare pleasure of getting a couple years where we, this is more on a larger, what you're talking about is like a day-to-day moment-to-moment thing. This is like a larger view, but like we had a couple years where we just didn't have kids. You, you know, were working a little bit, but and we didn't have to worry about money. So we could just be like, we're going to go to Hawaii next week, you know? Right, and right. then like we'd order any food that we wanted and we just got to like do whatever we wanted yeah. for the most part. And we, <laughs> I'm salivating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know that sounds mm. amazing right now, but remember what we said? Do yeah. you remember? Oh no. Because we, I, I mean, yes. When, when I got pregnant, we like decided to have start, you know, a family. And when I got pregnant, I was like, we need to remember that that did not bring us happiness. There's a specific kind of depression that comes from oh, yeah. just giving yourself whatever you want, whenever you want it. That's it's it. not what you think it Valerie, is. And you are the queen. More aligned with like your book and the things we've been talking about, com communal living. It's like really what you want is to sacrifice something, sacrifice things that you want, some of them, not all of them, for the good of the whole. So I, the individual Valerie, would love to be able to just like have my free days every day, you know, or like when we, I sat on the couch after Lee was in bed last night and watched, we were watching something and I was like, this is what I want to do all the time. But like, I know if it's I was allowed, not it's not true. And what I really want is the feeling of not just sacrificing, but sacrificing the individual for the good of the whole. That's like, right. We were designed to do that. That's right. That also brought to mind another thing, which is like, you want, uh, this is sort of unrelated, but I think it's worth saying. Yesterday, I had one meeting at four o'clock. I had other things, but I mean, like I had this meeting that I really should have been preparing for. And I just kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. It got pushed to 4.30, which was good, but I kept putting it off. And I, it was like, you think when you have all day to do something, you'll do it. 
Yeah. But that's also not true. Right. And you needed to create this urgency. It, somehow those two things are linked. Yeah, sure. It's like saying no to yourself sometimes and also like manufacturing like discipline. a feeling. I did 25 Words or Less, the game show I taped it the day before yesterday. And I couldn't believe how much it jacked my heart rate up. And it was just because they put a clock on it. Yeah. Like there's a ticking clock and you like, it's a game. Like I have to get you to say computer. Um, so I, for computer, you might say like Macintosh, IBM mm. or whatever. And you say mm. computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully <laughs> Macintosh is a bad clue. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm good at the game when it's at, when was, I'm under pressure. I was thinking those are great. Macintosh, okay. IBM, I would say computer. I, I feel like we could have gotten it in one, though. Like, you oh. want fewer words. Computer in one word would be... Uh, mm, desktop. Wow. Desktop. Yep, desktop. Mm. Computer. Laptop. Laptop is better. Laptop, Laptop is better. But you say yeah. it like there's another word. Laptop. Laptop. You can't do that with your hands, but yes. You can't? You can't use your hands? No. Nope. <gasps> got to cling that iPad. They had to tell me many times. Oh, I'm sure. Because uh, I love to gesture. Um, I have a, a nice yeah, poem, poem for us. Yep. Uh, this was so fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Let me see if I can get... No, it's just, just, you just do it. Okay. <laughs> na, 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 okay, this is a Hafiz. Um, okay. Sometimes I forget that I was created for joy. My mind is too busy. My heart is too heavy for me to remember that I have been called to dance the sacred dance of life, also known as Leela. <laughs> hmm. I was created to smile, to love, to be lifted up, and to lift others up. O sacred one, untangle my feet from all that ensnares. Free my soul, that we might dance, and that our dancing might be contagious. Hafiz. That's a great one. I posted that actually, and a couple cute little weirdos uh, sent me messages saying, Hafiz. Hafiz. Oh, wow. Hafiz. This was great, Val. It's always great. And what we didn't get to say at the beginning was like, whenever we start, there's sometimes, usually not for me, but today there was uh, a feeling of like, can I do this? Yeah. Do we have an episode in us? I think that most of the time I get really excited to do it. And then I sit down and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) To me today, it was almost entirely physical. It was like, I started Mm. talking and I was like, I don't know if I just, I just don't know if I want to engage these muscles that much, but I'm so glad we did. Yeah. As always. It was awesome. Pleasure. Pleasure. Uh, See you next week. You cheeses. (laughs) Lord Jesus. (laughs) Keep it crispy.